Hello and welcome everybody to an informed live radio on 1150 AM KKNW and streaming to CHD TV. You can see that our backdrop, if you are watching the video, is a little bit different. I'm actually in a hotel room at an amazing event, the American Health and Freedom Summit. We're in Nashville, Tennessee. And sitting right next to me here is this man named Dan, who I yep. just met, but we got it, we gotta get a little cozy yep. because we gotta get both of us on the camera here. But you know, I love coming to these events because you meet people, you meet kindred spirits. You just walk in the door and it just seems like immediately you meet somebody and you just start having the most amazing conversations. Um, I need to start off, as I usually do, saying the views expressed um, in, in this show are not necessarily those of uh, KKNW or CHDTV, but we, as always, are so grateful for this uh freedom of speech platform where we can bring information out there for you to consider um, as you try to make informed decisions in your life. Um, we also do not give medical or legal advice on this show, but we just try to give you information, at, something to think about, you know, do more exploring and, um, and you know, see how you can improve your health your freedom, uh, all sorts of things. So we've got this amazing two hours lined up because like I said, as I walked in, I was meeting people. We might at the end of the show have an amazing scientist come on if she's able to get out of a, a, a talk in time. If it lets out, she'll be here at the very end. Um, I've got Dan, I've got uh, the wonderful Maya Han coming up. And then we've got Bob, um, who we were sort of helping build a better Bob was the theme of this show today. Um, and really in helping build a better Bob, that's all about fully informed consent. Okay. So fully informed consent is something that applies to all aspects of our life. Um, but of course, especially when we're making health decisions and throughout the past few years, a lot of people have discovered that when they go to the doctors or they turn on the radio or TV and they're told about products, they're not necessarily getting the full information they need uh, for informed consent to happen. And one of the things that could have spared the entire globe, I'm not exaggerating, mm, no, no. the entire planet could have been spared the atrocities of the past few years if they had known about Provodone iodine. Now it sounds like I'm pitching a product and I sort of am because there's this amazing product that this gentleman here, um, his company is now making, but you know, I mean, it's, oh, I say Provodone. It's povidone. Povidone. Yeah, no, everybody does that. That's okay. You know, and yeah. it's like, I'm trying to like make it provolone like the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. people make fun of me on that one. So povidone iodine, and you know, you don't have to buy this brand, but this product has been around forever. And iodine is something that is essential to human life, mm -hmm. right? Every cell in the body uses it. Every yeah. cell in the body. So with that, I'm going to, first of all, Dan, tell me a little bit about yourself pre this product, because mm -hmm. I want to hear about your journey that led mm -hmm. you to bring in the world this, and then we'll explain how wonderful it is and why it's wonderful. So I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. Um, and still to this day, I work for myself at some levels because I do own a little bit of the company. 
Um, that was part of the deal when I came in. Uh, I, I've been self-employed since I got out of high school and through college. Uh, I didn't necessarily drink from the, uh, you know, from the hose of this is what you need to do. And this is what you got to do with your life. Um, I always felt um, that I wanted to be an independent spirit. And uh, part of entrepreneurship for me was really about freedom more than anything. Um, and I, my uncle growing up, he was an entrepreneur-ish kind of guy. And he had a friend of his that was totally one of those P.T. Barnum entrepreneurs. And I always mm -hmm. looked up to the fact that this guy would do anything. He would just try things. And mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's cool. And I believe that we're all artists from a creative perspective. And what I mean by that is that we all just choose different canvases. Mm -hmm. So for me, I've always been fascinated by marketing, by, by how companies grow what they've got. And I mm -hmm. found it always to be fascinating. Like, how did that person get that from here to there? Mm -hmm. uh, long, long story short of it, during the uh, pandemic, uh, I, um, I started a studio because my other two businesses, corporate training and entertainment, um, both tanked because both of those are very corporate centric. Like I needed money from corporates to keep those going. I've been doing them for a long time. And I knew I like I better pivot. I got to do something different. So I made a deal with a uh, um, a local office building, a really nice one actually, and basically did a trade with um, a trade with the guy on on the office building to exchange rent for video services. Because what I wanted to do is help people grow their businesses. Fast forward, this guy walks in and uh, like October of I've forgotten at this point. I think it's twenty twenty. Yeah, October twenty twenty. He said, "Hey, I've got this product right here. It wasn't at this stage yet in a box." But he said, uh, and I've been told that you can help me market it. And I was like, oh, yeah. And my wife always laughs because she's like, Dan, your whole life, like you've been into nutrition. You've been into all this, this stuff and had all these conversations with all these people that excite you. Like you were built for this moment. And I knew I was, too. And the problem was he was still raising money. And he's like, hey, Dan, um, I, I can't really afford to pay a salary yet because I'm still raising capital for the business. I need another few months. And I'm like, no, no, no. We can't keep waiting. Because I was watching this happen. And I really, I mean, I remember just thinking to myself, God, did you just drop this moment in my lap? Is this really just for me? Because I knew in my heart of hearts, though I'd been an entrepreneur my whole life, that I knew that I was, I wanted to scale who I was yeah. to a bigger thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this guy walks in with a product that yeah. they tested. So let's let's yeah, talk yeah. about the product. Let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. why it's so exciting. That yeah. What does iodine do yeah. for for pennies yeah. um, when it comes to like COVID and, and other infections. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm a big believer that um, big, big companies, and I'm not going to get into any names. They don't want iodine around. Mm -hmm. In the seventies, we removed it from bread. Um, Dr. David uh, Brownstein will tell you that uh, cancer, uh, breast cancer shot up for women in the seventies. From there on, it just kept scaling up. Mm -hmm. um, we started putting bromine in, in, in its place and mm -hmm. he'll talk about that as well. He's going to be here this weekend. Um, iodine is an essential nutrient to the body. And Brownstein himself said, he said, Danny said during the pandemic, he said it did more to expose vitamin D3 and iodine deficiencies than it did anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, and he said almost categorically, he was talking about iodine again. He said, women with breast cancer that come to his office, he said pretty much across the board. And I'm going to paraphrase and I apologize if I speak out of turn a little bit, but he said they're deficient in two things. He said, selenium and iodine. Wow. And he said, both of those things are supplement kind of things that people need to take because mm -hmm. we just don't get them in our foods anymore. Yeah. Um, so this iodine idea is really simple. A doctor um, had come to my CEO, Dennis, and said, hey, I've got this product. Doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine for decades. Iodine is one of the most oldest known medicines. It goes back, uh, you know, BC. It goes back. There's scripts that talk about this 
you know, the seaweed and eating it and all this stuff. They go back and using it medicinally. Iodine's old school. I mean, it's been around forever. And I think there's powers that just don't like it because they, they recognize its power and just how amazing it is. So um, the povidone iodine, let me talk about that piece really quickly. Povidone, it's, it's a, an essential thing. It, and what I mean by that is it holds the iodine. It makes it last. It's why they paint people's bodies with it before surgeries. Okay. Because the povidone holds on to the iodine. It's, it is a polymer and it hangs on to it. Um, I've talked to numerous chemists because I'm a foodie myself and there's things I do and don't want in my body. Um, it, if there was a way to hold that iodine that would be different and allow it to sustain for an extended period of time that was more natural, we would have done that. I mean, mm -hmm. like you could say airbags don't belong in cars because they can cause cuts. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there's a trade-off, you know, like they also reduce impact. Povidone iodine in the nose reduces impact when you inhale it. When you mm -hmm. inhale airborne, airborne pathogens, they get up into our sinus passages and um, this is why doctors and nurses have been doing this forever. It's why Dr. Peter McCullough testified with the Senate or the House. I always confuse the two yeah. and saying, hey, look, you guys dropped the ball. If people had just had an antiviral, you know, or a, a, an iodine based nasal spray, this thing could have been largely reduced. We wouldn't have had to be such yes. a mess. Yes, exactly. And that, yeah, so that is what so excites me about that. I discovered this a couple of years ago because, you know, I'm one of those people when I hear something going on, I just go down the rabbit hole, you know, yep. and they like to mock us, say, oh, yeah, you're a Google researcher. Well, everybody's a Google researcher, sure. even the top scientists. And because we're going to PubMed and we're going to the CDC and, well, you know, you have to go below the surface of their marketing because mm -hmm. nobody markets like the CDC. Mm -hmm. But you got to go look to see what the actual mm -hmm. science says. And by the way, the CDC now tells you that pulvinone iodine nasal uh, uh, solutions or right. sprays are good. Yeah. And, you know, so it kills. It's like 10 seconds. It will certainly within seconds. Within I, I, seconds I, it's yeah. like you. I have a big disclaimer. I got to be careful right. because we don't need trouble. But uh, the, iodine just works right. fast. And there's there's terrific studies. What's the name of the um, JAMA? Oh, huh? JAMA, Journal Jama. of American Medicine. Well, yeah, there. Um, NIH.gov is another one that has. A study. Uh, who, who's the big group that's got uh, the vitamin C people and everything? There's. It's just out of my head. I'll think of right. it later and I'll put it somewhere like on the website. Um, but they they post a whole lot of studies and they were like in hospital settings. So they yep. gave it to the nurses and doctors who are going to be exposed to their patients. And all of them who used the povidone iodine and then did a gargle as well. They gargled mm -hmm. and did yep. the nasal flush. None of them got sick. Right. And only one of them did. It was a person who discontinued use. Right. right? Um, and there's there's many, many solid, really well peer reviewed published studies that shows that this helps prevent and it's any sort of viral infection. So it, and it's so very inexpensive um, to use. And, you know, but there and we know that throughout COVID, it's been mm -hmm. all about who's going to make the most money. So I'm glad that they're finally admitting and that unlike ivermectin, mm -hmm. which they had a fun time, you know, trying to say, tell people y'all, you aren't a horse. They have not been able to undermine iodine. Right. Well, during the, yeah, that's true. And during the craziness, you could not find iodine bottles in the stores anymore. No. They were gone because they were selling out of them. They couldn't right. keep it in stock. Yeah. Uh, and we, and we, we would walk into pharmacists, my favorite look ever. And you got to understand I'm in sales and marketing. So it's yeah. exciting to me again, back to the science and what drives me as an mm -hmm. artist and a creator yeah. as they, they look at the front and they turn it over. That's the first thing that they do. And they go, mm, I wish I'd have thought of this. Yeah. Cause they get it. It's just a great, it's a great thing. It's a and, great product. Yeah. And so you can, you can use this product. You give it a little squirt in your nose and it yeah. will protect you upon exposure. If you're going to be somewhere in a high exposure area, we call it an additional layer of protection. We're just okay. careful about that because right. you know, okay. right. 
Exactly. Okay. We'll be very careful here about that. Um, And then if you get sick, do you also use it to help reduce? um, I will tell you this. I will tell you that the FLCCC um, on their website uh, called recently, it was even more exciting, is not only RSV and the flu using a pulvinone iodine product with carrageenan, which over in Europe is used as a virucidal. They said that that is a protocol to treat those things. That's fantastic. If you go back to the FLCC, even as much as about a year ago, uh, and look under their protocol for COVID, they also talk about a povidone iodine nasal spray being used. And they do like the idea of a throat spray. Oh, yeah. Um, are we still there? I'm, if Nathan, give us the thumbs up. I hope we are still connected and I hope we're on air. We kind of lost connection there for a second. Thank you, Nathan. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's very exciting that this product exists and that it's good for RSV, probably, you know, any sort of bi- viral, again, not medical advice, but what a great uh, product. And we know they're going to be pushing RSV. They're going to be marketing mm-hmm. This is what you, this is the business of the pharmaceutical industry. In fact, I encourage everybody to go to Fierce Pharma, the word fierce and then pharma, P H A R M A dot com, and sign up to get their free newsletters. And you can, there's all sorts of uh, types of newsletters you can sign up for. I get most of them. Um, and when you start reading these articles about the business, so this business is taking this business over for $2 billion and they're projecting they're going to get this. Or somebody else beat out at stage three trial studies there, you know, when you begin to see everything as the business and the market share, you begin to realize that you really need to be a savvy consumer. You need to really pay attention. And right now, if you've been paying attention, I encourage every American to always watch all of the FDA Verback meetings, the vaccine and related biological committee meetings where uh, pharma brings their new vaccine products and presents their cherry pick science that they want to show you. Wow. We, we get the rest when we do FOIAs, you know, wow, years see. later. And, and then you hear all these questions asked and little red flags that popped up and the no data, no data, no data sort of answers. And then, of course, they vote for it and they pass it on to the CDC. So then I encourage you to watch the ACIP meetings, the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. And then those same um, pharmaceutical companies get up and they talk about their clinical trials. And then you hear no data. We don't know. We'll find out three years after it's in use and all this stuff. Well, with the RSV vaccines, now, don't quote me on this because I don't remember the exact. We're going to have to do a whole show just on these these shots. They admit they don't prevent infection. They don't prevent transmission. Within 12 months, you have zero protection, zero. It's gone, wow. absolutely gone. But we know natural immunity to RSV, you know, when babies get it, and you know, it, it's very vigorous, right? And, you know, different forms can, we'll do a whole show on it so we get we get the science right. But they have now developed... Uh, RSV vaccines for they're they're targeting everybody pregnant women infants mm-hmm. children teens adults and the elderly and they're rolling these things out and when you see they fully admit well they figured out with covid they could get away with shots that are ineffective that wane mm-hmm. and that can't um, come with a certain degree of risk so i guess they figure that's what they can get away with but you don't need it because You got povidone iodine as one of your potential tools to have, 
you know, right there next to your ivermectin, mm-hmm. right? And your saline solution, nothing like simple old saline. Yes, yeah, salt is effective intranasally as well. I mean, there's studies on it. And, and you know, I always tell people, I'm like, look, it, this is just simple science, you know, and the way that the way that iodine targets viruses that we inhale, these airborne, and the way that it operates, I mean, these they breed in our nasal pharynx and they breed in our oral pharynx. Mm-hmm. This is where viruses breed. And if you can hit those two spots or reduce what they call the viral titer, um, I, that word often eludes me because I say teeter, but then somebody corrected me and said it's tighter, uh, or the viral burden or the load in the mouth and or in the nose. Mm-hmm. And we have a throat spray coming out in a matter of weeks. Oh, good. Yep. Um, if you can do that, you'll make it easier for your body to solve for that. Now, the mm-hmm. testing that we had done just for clarity was in a lab mm-hmm. and it was in vitro because in vivo would have taken us a couple of years yeah. and it, it would have cost so, millions of dollars. A couple of things I realized for our radio audience, I might not have said it's Cofix RX, C-O-F-I-X-R-X is this little povidone iodine, little nasal solution. And explain to our listeners the difference between... Um, the difference between in vitro and in vivo. Yeah, so in vivo, vivo means life. So that would mean a living person. Um, and that's how a true clinical is done. And then you have in vitro. Now uh, you have in vitro, which just means in a lab. Okay. Um, but in vivo clinicals are, as I, we just were discussing, are very expensive and they take years. We would have never brought this to market in a timely fashion. Yeah. It just wouldn't have happened. Um, that's why large companies with lots of money can do this kind of thing yes. and keep yeah. small guys out. Yes. We're kind of, we're the underdog. You know, and we've we've moved 400,000 bottles of product in 20 months. Wow. And that's because we have uh, people, we have a tribe, we have a following and we have yeah. evangelists that, that, that are that are, you know, banging the drums for yeah. products like ours. Well, I, yeah, I walked in the door and I immediately became an evangelist. Like I said, I don't pitch products on the show at all. We we don't. But the, you, you, the, you say uh, that. But but I think it's a careful that we that we blow the trumpet for the right reasons. Right. Because, oh, yeah. Because yeah. there's plenty of companies that got a lot more money than you and I do to go to go be evangelist for. Yeah. So why not? Well, why not? I well, mean, exactly. Yeah. And this is what's needed. We need we need to support the the way health needs to be done, right? And it needs to be done honestly from individuals like you and and like all the people who gathered here in Nashville at this wonderful conference to to meet each other and share information and build this entire new health system Mm -hmm. that includes simple, effective. And the reason why, one of the reasons why you could just do in-lab studies with this product is because iodine has been known to man as as a medicine and as an essential nutrient for as long as we've known before christ they have scriptures that go so far back it's amazing yeah yeah Yeah. and then besides being able like when you squirt in your nose or you gargle with it to um to help either protect you or kill any viruses or reduce your titer load Mm -hmm. um how how is iodine used within the body do you know much about that aspect of it i just know that what Dr. David Brownstein says, every cell in the body needs it. As far as how it, you know, biochemical process, no, I'm not, that's not something I'm super versed in. Yeah, that's okay. Well, yeah. the fact that every cell needs it, just like every cell needs vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. And um, like with vitamin D, I've heard it described as um, many cellular processes need a whole bunch of things to work. Mm-hmm. And vitamin D is like a key. You put the, put it in and it helps make it work. And all these other things won't work if you don't have vitamin right, D. And ours has vitamin D3 in it as well. And xylitol. And xylitol is actually a sugar decoy. It tricks the virus. It's kind of an interesting idea. Um, xylitol has been, uh, I mean, there's a uh, some 
products that are pretty famous. Yeah. Uh, that have done a lot of uh, uh, done a lot of marketing and done a really good job of getting out and about. And uh, xylitol is one of our one of our you know other listed ingredients. How much vitamin D you get in, in a spray? So I, I believe it's a thousand I use per spray. It's oh, pretty interesting. We actually had a, we had somebody write into us saying that they were on prescription from their doctor for vitamin D three and they got off of it because they've been using our product. So that made made us feel good because it was like, oh wow, that was needed. Yeah. Actually, we know it's going into their bodies. It's working. Do do people have to be careful how much iodine they take? Is there a is there a danger amount with iodine? Well, um, I could tell you that. I would tell you to consult uh, consult with a, a doctor that might know that kind of thing because okay. I, I don't want to offer that kind of advice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you do yeah. have. There are instructions on here. Um, it says uh, it has a warning as a doctor before use if you have had nose ulcers or nose surgery. And it has a couple of other things. Don't use if you're allergic. Some people are allergic to iodine and seaweed and stuff. Well, I would tell you there's. Yeah. Again, I would say go do your research on that. That's a legal disclaimer on yeah. the whole back of that box. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Again, if everybody needs iodine to function, right. you have to question some of the stuff that you have to. Yeah. yeah. And it's made in the USA. Yeah. Yep. Um, so again, Michigan. Cofix RX. Um, but, you know, even the, the thing about what we need and more and more people are learning about doing your medical due diligence. It's even if you if it's a natural semi-natural product here that we've got or that you're exploring, you still have to do your medical due diligence mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because, you know, there, there are a lot of products out there. There's a lot of information out there. And even if something's fantastic for one person, it might not work for you. Because everybody, there's a space in between the two words, yeah. is different, right? And yes. you're going to have different responses and people have Hashimoto's and some of these other things dealing with the thyroid. They should talk to somebody but I'm not going to tell them who that somebody is because yeah. I wouldn't say, oh, go talk to your doctor because you and I both know most doctors they have don't no know. clue about no. any of this stuff. No. So, so yeah. well, you know, and I've told uh, our listeners before, one of the most important things you can do for you and your family is to go doctor shopping. Mm -hmm. You know, make a list of what's important to you, the sort of health and wellness approach that you believe in. And you have to go search, search for a doctor a practice like you're shopping for a spouse. It's that important. I mean, because, you know, you're yeah, people putting... go to doctors and they, they go, they'll go see one and they're like, well, yep, he's my doctor, but they'll, they'll interview five or six plumbers. I don't put any of them up on a pedestal. <laughs> yeah. I don't put them up on a pedestal. You know what yeah. I mean? Because some are really good and some aren't so good. Yeah. Some know a lot, some know a little. It's the yeah. same with a plumber to me. I don't look at it any differently. I'm like, I want to know, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. You, you really do have, have to shop around. And this is a whole new concept for people. A lot of times they just go who's closest, who, who their insurance will cover, you know, and they'll get the booklet and see who's in the list nearest to them for the insurance. And then they go and, you know, but we have that whole attitude has gotten us into this mess. Mm -hmm. This attitude has gotten it so that what is it like, um, the U.S. is like 5% of the world population, something like that. Don't quote my figures. But we use, what, 70% of the mm -hmm. world's pharmaceuticals. Uh, you know, from pre-birth to death, they have... Part of that's too, because we're only one of, we're one of the few countries that allow our pharmaceutical companies to advertise to us too, yeah. right? Yes. And I, I was talking about that recently with, with my wonderful Patrice. Hey, Patrice. Um, as we're looking ahead at things that actions we want to take, you know, we really want to fix things. And, you know, you start local. So in Tennessee, and how do you stop pharmaceutical advertising? And one of the things I realized is there has to be it almost like a withdrawal period, 
Because if all of our radio stations, TV stations, newspapers, magazines, if they're getting 50, 70, 90%, you know, of their income coming from pharmaceutical ads. I mean, even the stations I listening to and they're, they're, they're trashing the shots. They're, you know, they're telling the truth about remdesivir and they're doing all of these things. It goes to commercial and it's still a pharmaceutical ad for something. Right. Um, So all those businesses, if you immediately overnight made uh, it illegal to advertise pharma products, people need a whole new, uh, funding model, a new business yeah. model. So you're an entrepreneur. Maybe you can mm-hmm. come up with an idea, but we yeah. need, I think, a phase out time, don't you? Yeah. For them to figure out to pull in more companies because nobody's got um, nobody's got money like pharma's got money to spend on advertising. Big markups, yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure how we're going to do that, but I know that, you know, it's going to be a huge deal, but we have to do it. We have to do it. You know, other countries, well, they never get well, started. It's got to start with the laws, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Well, um, that was a really fast interview and it was fantastic. So um, again, this is Dan Nichols and, and it's cofixrx.com. Go check it out. Go study the science, study the product. And, you know, that this is something that can be in your arsenal, povidone, iodine, along with your ivermectin, maybe some the simple basic aspirin um, and all your natural remedies and such. I feel like it's one of those things that that all of us need. And I'm just so excited as we move forward and and the powers that be are going to try to make us be fearful of other things. We got this people, we know the nutrients, we've got the great doctors that we can follow. So um, with that, I'm going to say thank you, Dan. Thank you, thank you for being so on much. an Inform thank Life Radio. And I'm going to be pulling in another guest here in just a second. So come on this way. Um, so I'm bringing in another person that I just accidentally came across. Thanks to Dan. Dan, thank you so much for being this with is us. Squishy, isn't yeah, it? it is. It's very squishy. We're a little low. Um, it's actually this lovely lady's room who she's letting me do her do the show in. Um, let's see. I, I got her Maya Han. This is welcome to an informed life radio, Maya thank you. Han. It's good to be here. Um, you know the angels are just working overtime. I, I tell you. I walk in and I, I had one guest lined up for this two hour show, but I just had faith that I'm going to walk in and meet people. And I walk in the door and there's, well, I won't say her name in case she's not able to come on later, but might come on toward the end of the show. A wonderful research scientist who we all adore. And, um, and then I, I, I saw somebody drinking this wonderful coconut coffee and we started chatting about it. And I looked up and I saw that big sign and I saw povidone iodine and I'm just like, you're the man, right? Um, What really excites me is the way our community is, is creating business and connections and new medical models and new health products. And we're finding each other and we're making it happen. And so it's very exciting. But you, Maya, have been in this a long time, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. um, I'm just going to let you, you've got React for Hope. It's reactforhope.org. So take us, if you could, a little bit on your journey to where you are today. 
Yeah. Well, I didn't know if you had time to watch or show the video because we have our video, but yeah, um, I'll that. have you on again and we'll do okay. that another time. Okay, okay. Great. So, okay. Well, back in 19, mid 1990s, I uh, started working with kids with severe to profound autism. Uh, and this was a time when nobody really knew what autism was. It was just kind of brand new and practitioners Providers, doctors didn't even know how to. I should be over here. Right? Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna let you be focused. Yeah, <laughs> okay. they didn't even um, weren't even comfortable diagnosing it. They mm -hmm. just were completely unfamiliar with it. And um, I was in a psychology program in in school in college at the time, and these amazing parents were looking for students to come help their kids. Mm. So there was a cluster of kids that had regressed into autism. And what, what year was this? That you this was 1995. 95. The, 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 wow. Yes. Right. And so, yeah. um, and they were pioneer parents. Absolutely incredible that, you know, they were the ones that would go into the libraries and look on microfilm to try to find out anything about this mystery. Film. <laughs> yes. Dot matrix printers. We are going yes. way back. Yes. yes. So um, uh, just amazing. And, yeah. and, and they connected with as many universities as possible. And they were just trying to find help for the kids that were typically developing mm -hmm. and suddenly just regressed. Mm. And I remember talking to these, these mothers and just saying, I know my child's in there. Like every day I'm losing my child. Every day I'm losing my child. Mm. And they just wanted to bring them back. And they were desperately, desperately looking. Um, and now look at us. Yeah. 25 years later, we still have those moms that are losing their children and are desperately, desperately looking for answers. Mm -hmm. But this um, family and uh, this group of families, uh, this cluster of families, um, all of those kids except one family thought that the, it was right after the MMR mm -hmm. vaccine. So this was the whole new, you know, um, idea that vaccines might be causing a problem with mm -hmm. autism. And look where we've gone. At that point, when we came on, it had um, grown from one in 10,000 to one in 500. So, kids. yeah. So let's, let's pause there a moment because we often say those numbers and I, and I just want people to really understand one in 10,000 when you began. One in 10,000 in 1980. 1980. Yes. And when I came on, mm -hmm. then it had jumped to one in 500. One in 500. So all across yeah. the country. These parents were saying something's happened to my children. That's when suddenly autism became, you know, yeah. doctors were suddenly getting patients that said, my child is regressing. What is yeah. going on? Right. So right. there was this huge boom in the mid 1990s. Wow. So at that point, it was one in 500. Wow. And it seems like there's a perfect storm and vaccines. Definitely. There's there's biological mechanisms that can cause this with the exposure to the vaccines. We're giving these products at a time when the child's immune system is not fully developed yet. Hello. What are we thinking? Right. But besides that, we also had the perfect storm of glyphosate roundup coming on the market, destroying the child's mm -hmm. biome, making them even more susceptible to injury. Yeah. And then we had acetaminophen. And yes. right now, it's just amazing the studies that have come out. They're finally going after acetaminophen, which is Tylenol. Yep. And it seems like that makes you even more susceptible to the vaccine injury. And, and we understand those mechanisms yes. of action. We do. And we also had the invention of cell phones. So we had cell phones starting to come yeah. out, okay. hit the market. Okay. So we have all these new toxins that yeah. our kids are being inundated with. Yeah. So, yeah. and we have seen an exponential growth ever since. And so now uh, we have one in 36 and we believe it's probably more than that because that was stats from uh, 2018. Yeah. We don't yet have the stats from now. 
But um, yeah, we, we basically know that autism is an epidemic. We have mm -hmm. an autism classroom in every single school across America now. Wow. Um, and so REACT was started. REACT, our foundation, mm -hmm. was started back mm -hmm. in the 90s. Okay. It stands for Research and Education for Autistic Children's Treatment. And uh, we can go to the website. It's reactforhope.org. React for Hope, and it's spelled F-O-R, right? Reactforhope.org. Yes. yes. Wonderful. Oh, I've got your card right there. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we've just been trying mm -hmm. to raise awareness. These great families have uh, been working, and now we have some great doctors and scientists that are part of that organization to nice. help raise awareness. And so you're raising awareness, and then do you have educational materials? What, what sort of resources oh you know it the the science mama driven papa driven but mom you know mama bear is really behind so much of it um has changed over the years mm -hmm. there's some core things that are remain the same diet is critical right yeah. absolutely critical what they're yeah. exposed to some things are almost it's like dairy and gluten are like drugs to children on the spectrum right because of the gut all that, but well, the gut biome is is really a problem. Yeah. So we're seeing that there is um, cons pretty consistently that yeah. most of these kids have problems with their gut biome, which we now know mm -hmm. thanks to an amazing doctor that sacrificed everything to tell the world that there is a gut brain connection, Dr. Andy Wakefield. Oh yes, <laughs> our wonderful Dr. Wakefield. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you know his day is is coming, and I, he doesn't. When I say that, I don't. He's so humble. He's he doesn't want it to be. We want him to have his recognition. Day, recognition. Yes, yes. And, you know, the gift of covid really has been. Well, there, there's been many. Um, and I, again, I hate that anybody's been harmed by covid or the response to co to covid, which has been the biggest harm. But it's made people aware of this giant monster that's been taking over the planet, this whole pharmaceutical toxin monster and how. um Amazing people like Dr. Wakefield have right. been attempted to be used, but because they pushed the safe and effective narrative too far and they did it for COVID shots mm -hmm. of all things, mm -hmm. you know, people now, it, it, once you, once you see propaganda and marketing and you, once you see the lie, you can't unsee it. Right. And people are beginning to, to now think and question um, so it's a very, it's a very exciting uh, time. So what have you seen um, other healing modalities that are helping the children on the spectrum? So uh, one of the biggest things are toxic exposures, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to know that many, many people that are on the spectrum are really poor at detoxing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so we, we need to look at that. I always look at it as a top down. Mm -hmm. I think that if you have a parent that goes to an allopathic doctor and is just looking at standard medicine, they're going to immediately put them into therapies. You know, you're going to get your ABA, you're going to get your speech therapy, you're going to get your OT. And they're missing the fact that there's a biological problem yeah. with that child. So they're missing the medical part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, we're entering this whole movement in autism where they're saying, Autism is only genetic and um, we don't want to fix autism. We want to accept autism, right. which really undermines many, many people. They're trying to advocate for their, their kids. Um, you know, and I love our higher functioning spectrum people that are finding a voice and they want to be accepted. We want to acknowledge and accept them and be tolerant of them and be supportive of them. But I always want to say also that they're like 
less than 5% of the population of, of those that are in the autism spectrum, that we have is, is an entire spectrum. And so there are many, many individuals, most individuals are struggling and they're, they're challenged. And some of them are even suffering and some of them are in pain. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't be marginalizing them. We shouldn't be um, undermining their advocacy efforts yeah. to be acknowledged and need that help and that support. Yeah. And parents need that and the caregivers need that too. Yeah, well, it's it's an evil, brilliant uh, marketing tool of the pharmaceutical industry or any industry that pollutes. And they make a lot of money in in exposing you to toxins, whether it be, you know, the pesticides, herbicides, plasticizers, the vaccines, um, they normalize the result. Oh, right. So, and you know, you cannot have a genetic epidemic. It's impossible. I mean, it's, I mean, hello, it just cannot happen. You cannot have a genetic epidemic. Um, and, but this is what they do. They market and they've got the money to go out there. And then they make it so that you feel like you're hurting somebody's feelings. And of course you love, it's like, I mean, I'm, so, I'm not, you know, pretty soon they're going to say, oh, myocarditis is just genetic. We have to look, we're not going to look for causes. We're not going to look for cures. You just have to love and accept the people who have myocarditis and, you know, maybe can't do vigorous exercise because it might put their life in jeopardy. Right. I mean, this is what they do. They right. normalize injury. Um, and now they're trying to glorify it. And then they try to glorify it. And right. we, and it's, and it's a very difficult place to be. I've done events in the past um, like we did an event out in Washington State when J.B. Henley's book, um, How to End the Autism Epidemic, came out. Mm-hmm. And it was really difficult because you'd get people, the higher functioning people with autism, and they were so angry at us. And it's like, we're here to help you. We we love and support you. And we we feel like your future has been your your destiny has been kind of stolen from you because of environmental injury. I mean, you know, how do you love the person and try to help them with their um, their medical condition, but they're being told it's not a medical condition. Right. 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 That. Yeah. So it, it is it's a continuous challenge. Mm-hmm. And and I always present um, to say I'm not here to tell you you need fixing. If you are feeling healthy and confident and thriving, I don't want to tell you that there's anything wrong with you. You are your own person Mm -hmm. and and you are, I'm sure, a wonderful person and contributing to society. And all my speeches when I talk about autism and the autism epidemic um, are are really talking about those that need help. They need advocates um, Mm -hmm. that are hurting and the families are hurting and to try to help guide them to healing. And so we always say that you have to have that baseline functional um, medicine approach and we need to understand the mechanisms that are causing the symptoms, right? The root yes. cause. The root cause. I, I, exactly that. Like the root cause, not enough iodine um, in your diet that makes that so your immune system is not working um, as it should be. The root cause of so many things, that's where it needs to be. Right. That's not where the money is, though. That's not where the money is. It's the opposite of where the, all the money is, right? Yeah. And so we're going against that, you know, that flow that, right. of just pushing the, the products and the propaganda and the, the billion dollar businesses, this right. industry, this medical industry and, and drug industry. Yeah. So, um, it's a challenge, but I know that there's many, many people out there that mm-hmm. are seeking answers and they understand, you know, the beast that they're up against. And and we look, React looks to provide that information 
yeah, to give them some answers. And we, we really are striving to um, provide resources. So on our website, we have resources. Um, so parents can start that journey and find truth without the propaganda. So mm-hmm. one thing React will never do is be bought out by any of these giant monster companies. Which happened to one in the beginning. Yes, we did. won't name names, but there was one in the beginning that did get, That's they, right. they were going down the right journey of healing. And then, yeah. So yes. I'm so glad for that. So yes. So one thing is, is we are all families that started from that same foundation. And if we went, and what people I didn't tell them is mm-hmm. that I also have a child with autism who regressed at two and a half. Oh, you do? I, okay. Yes. And um, so, yeah, that was the video. We'll show that another day. We will. The, well, the story yeah. of our, our lives. But I understand that journey. And my son is, is now high functioning. So I understand the journey of acceptance and tolerance. And I, I know the whole spectrum. Right? Yeah, right. But I, I want to always try to give people hope that there is hope. There's right. hope and there's a community and there's answers. Um, mm-hmm. A wonderful person uh, that just put React in her book, Tracy's book. It's called Warrior Mom. It's a fantastic um, yeah. resource. But if you go to our website, you'll see all these things. And we also are now connecting providers that, mm-hmm. that actually can do a functional medicine um, uh, workup that are providing this uh functional medicine kind of approaches so they can look at what systems are breaking down in the child. Does a child have toxicity? Is a child have um, a methylation problem? You had mentioned Tylenol. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we found with autism is is these kids are oftentimes really poor methylators. They might have like an MTHFR gene mutation that just basically says you cannot detox very quickly. So Tylenol, well, that's one of the things that is a huge contributor to autism, because if you have a kid that's already genetically predisposed to not be able to to detox very easily or quickly, and you go into the pediatrician and you give them all the vaccines that have all of the toxins, high levels of aluminum, it's already neurotoxic at that level. And then the pediatrician says, hey, if they spike a fever, if they get fussy, you know, they might be a little sore, go ahead and give them Tylenol. Tylenol. All right. right. And so if many people Mm -hmm. maybe don't know, the methylation cycle gives us the ability to have a glutathione. Glutathione is our natural body's way of detoxing. And so we are already loaded up. We're tr- our body's trying to use all the glutathione that we possibly can to get rid of all those toxins. Mm-hmm. And we may not produce it very well because we might be poor methylators. And then suddenly we give them Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Tylenol completely tanks your glutathione. Yes. So it just becomes a perfect storm for, for injury of yeah. that child. Yeah, exactly. And we've talked a lot on this show about glutathione, about uh, Tylenol and to avoid it. And it was so infuriating to me that you would, the, the only advice that doctors were, mainstream doctors were giving to patients when they, well, you got COVID, go home, take Tylenol, yeah. right? I mean, which is like, okay, tell your soldiers to lay down and not fight this thing, right? Mm-hmm. It was the worst thing you could tell. And again, I'm not giving medical advice, but you know, um, what are we thinking? And um, yeah, and the whole thing about the methylation and all of that. And I just love that the science is finally emerging. I mean, how many years have people's health been undermined by acetaminophen products? Well, and the research has been here for years. Yeah. And it just has not been acknowledged. Mm -hmm. You know, pediatricians 
have just not been doing their due diligence. No. Of course, you know, all oh, of their were, associations aren't telling them. No. Just keep pushing these drugs on kids that are causing problems. And the the AAP has a website. I can't remember what it's called. This is American Academy of Pediatrics. And they have a website linked and it's all very family friendly. And it's sponsored by the makers of Tylenol, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, what? Um yeah. So, but okay. So the beauty of like, here we are at this, and I always have to remember the name, it's American Health and Freedom Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. And there's been so many wonderful conferences and summits and get togethers. And the community is growing because it's like we were saying, all the money is in doing things the wrong way. And a couple of things I want to point out, we need to figure out how to do things the right way and build a new system, but we have to begin channeling our money toward those individuals um, who are doing it right. We have to support businesses making products that really heal without harming. We have to um, support those doctors who stepped away from high grossing, you know, income careers to go out on their own and, um, and build that network. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are heroes in this movement and they're going broke. They've lost their lifetime career. They lost the respect from this community out there, not our community. We adore them. But I think if, if, if people see some of these practitioners and scientists, they see them at um, congressional hearings and at conferences and they're doing the speeches and they're traveling here and there. They think, Oh, these people are rich. No, 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 no. So they're going through their savings, you know, their retirement, they're going through, you know, and then they're relying on people to do donations to help them get where they need to go. So, you know, there are great networks that are building and yours has been around a long time. I'm so glad that finally maybe more attention can be brought to it. Absolutely. That would be wonderful. And we're trying to build our uh, practitioner database. So any of those practitioners that are, you know, really looking to help and have answers for families with autism. You know, there's so many different snake oil things out there. And we just try to guide parents Mm -hmm. to be very precise. And, you know, time is money and money is time. Yeah. So please um, go to the website because if you're a practitioner, there is an intake form under uh, resources. You can go down and you'll you'll see a, um, a map, a provider map. There's a button that says provider map. Click, click on that. And then you can put your form in. Tell us about the center. Tell us about what you provide. And we are very careful. We do vet all of the providers that we put on our website. Okay. And so that uh, families that are looking for help know that if they go to the website and they're looking for a provider near them, and it's all across the United States, um, that that's somebody that we have vetted and that that we think they could really help him. Oh, that is so wonderful because we get that. You know, I've, I'm with Informed Choice Washington out in Washington State, and I'm also here in Tennessee. Um, and I think that's what the number one things is people reach out to us say, you know, they've got a particular issue, especially somebody on the spectrum. Do you know any good doctors? Yep. And especially a doctor is not going to push me to continue to vaccinate my child. Gaslight me and tell me that, you know, there's no science to say that va- the vaccine caused uh, autism, your yeah. child's autism when that parent knows darn well. It's they, like, how do you even trust they that They watched doctor? it happen. Yeah. What Have you ever done this? I'd love to tell people, go online, pull up your favorite search engine and go CDC vaccines autism. Okay. And then you go to the, that page and there it is. CDC says vaccines do not cause autism, right? And then you look at the studies that they cite. And one of them is what their famous antigen study. 
So you click on that. It goes to the study by their top people, Dr. DiStefano, as you know, DiStefano. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's on this one. And you're reading it. And it's tobacco science because they compared one group of kids who got a certain level of vaccines that had so much antigen, which is the viral, the bacterial component, and kids who got a different amount of antigen. And they seem to have the same amount of autism in both groups. So the conclusion of the study was that the amount of ant antigen in vaccines does not appear to be related to autism, which tells you nothing. Does not prove it, that the antigen didn't cause autism, right. whatever the level it was, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, and I hope we're having, I'm going to close some um, things here. So, cause it seems like we are. Okay. Um, hopefully we're still here. Yay. Um, so, but it gets better. So you, once you realize this is tobacco science, because, you know, for some people can smoke uh, a pack a day till they're 110 and never get cancer and somebody else, a couple of cigarettes a day and they end up with lung cancer. Right. I mean, there's, there's individual susceptibility. There's just so many factors go into why you, and it's not the antigen probably that's killing them. I mean, or, or causing the injury, but the, um, the adjuvant and all the other things that may be in there possibly. Right. right. However, and it's staying in there and they're not detoxing it and, it, and it's causing inflammation and that's all, chronic it, symptoms. It, exactly. All of that. And then of course, a few years ago, we discovered that the lymphatic system is directly tied to the brain. So oops, everything get injected into you does get into the brain. Okay. But it gets better because the, in the conclusion of this study, the authors as they're discussing it, they said when it comes to, regression, children developing normally, and then begin to lose skills, we can't, we cannot rule out environmental factors, including vaccines. So in the very study that the CDC says supports their claim that vaccines don't cause autism, the very author said, well, they might. Right. And it's amazing that all of these medical associations, all of these medical schools, and all these providers don't open those studies and actually read them. No, no. Yeah, right. And you know, you know, it's really, because we've known for years, right? When you read a study, especially if somebody wants to get out some good information, what they'll do is they have to do, in order to get published, they have to say vaccines save the world, and they're, they're awesome. But there's, but there's no, some rare problems, and then they'll talk about some things, and they'll get a lot of data off to the side. Maybe you know, don't don't look at this because it's right, but they don't highlight the data, the data. and then the conclusion. We can Okay, okay, we'll be right back. Right back. And folks, while we take care of this issue with the Informed Life Radio broadcast, just stay with us for a moment. We're just having Bernadette refresh, and hopefully everything is okay. Okay, are we back, Nathan? Sorry about that. We, we got a little technical screen, glitch. Well, we'll yeah. Okay. <laughs> Make sure they could see. Are we better now, Nathan? Awesome. Thank you, our wonderful engineer out there in Washington State. He's so good. Um, where were we? Oh. Antigens, no, CDC studies. Yeah, um, that, then that they weren't providing or oh, weren't looking at any studies. Yeah, and, and how, how they frame them. So the beginning praises uh, vaccines, and at the end, they again praise vaccines and say, despite the fact that we found that you might grow a tail if you have this, we still think the benefits outweigh the risks, right? But then if you go look at the data that they don't highlight that's over here, you're like, wait a minute, you didn't point out this and this and this, it's just buried in there. 
Um, and this is the only way they can get them published. The only way. Right. And it's so funny. You go through all of these and, and there's mm -hmm. some good solid evidence that's pointing to toxins or vaccines, but they always have to write that little caveat yeah. that this yeah. is vaccines have saved many lives or vaccines are great. You know, all of this right. has to be printed in there, like the very yeah. beginning paragraphs, yeah. because they'll never get published it if never, they don't. Right, right. Right. And and so once you teach people that, you know, we need an educated public. We need a public doing their medical due diligence. Vaccine hesitancy is nothing more than medical due diligence. We have to teach people that. And we need that for all pharmaceuticals. So our next guest um, in about six, seven minutes or so, um, we're going to be moving on to some really dangerous pharmaceuticals. But I want to talk to you about autism and these particular pharmaceuticals, because that's going to be the segue here. So you talked, you know, we've got these little kids and autism is really an immune mediated. We know now there's inflammation, but it's very much tied to the, the gut biome. It's immune mediated. All of that is in there. So some of the first, if you're going to a traditional MD, they're going to treat the symptoms and they put them on drugs. Yeah. So we've got Miralax because the gut biome, they're having difficulty. Um, and, you know, that can lead to, if your biome's messed up, it impacts your Absolutely. mental and emotional health. Um, and so there are other meds that you may know of um, that, you know, that they progress to, but ultimately a lot of times they end up on anxiety drugs, anti-anxiety drugs, anti-depression yeah. yeah, drugs, SSRIs, the SSRIs and the SSRIs are a huge problem. And last week we talked a lot about it. The connection, um, uh Oh, I think it's time to go. Oh, Nathan, thank you for bringing us the music. You know what? We're going to, you stick around for just a few minutes, okay? okay? You've been listening to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back. Thank you. If you're looking for a publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than the Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people, by the people, who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it healthcare, voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to theflameusa.com. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. We can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at HealthyImmunityNow.org. That's HealthyImmunityNow.org. 
www.healthyimmunity.org. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. We need a revolution. There's only one solution. I need somebody to show me, somebody to show me the love. We need a revolution. Oops, there we go. Well, technical difficulties here today, but we're having so much fun. I know y'all don't care. See, I'm getting that Tennessee twang a little bit, so hey. I can get that y'all in there. <laughs> Love my new home state. Love you peeps out in Washington State, too. We have not abandoned you. And the wonderful uh, Maya Hahn um, of reactforhope.org is still here with us for a little bit as we're waiting for, for Bob to make his way upstairs. Um, we wanted to segue. I'm so glad you could stay a little bit longer because there were a couple of things we did not talk about. So I'm just going to let you jump in there and, and and talk about it. Right. Well, I wanted everybody to know before we left that there's some huge things that are happening with autism recently. You had mentioned J.B. Handley and his book. He also has written another book called Underestimated. Oh, I love he, that one. Yes. He co-wrote it with his non-speaking autistic son, mm -hmm. Jamie. And um, this is an incredible story. If you haven't read Underestimated, I highly recommend it. And please gift it to any family and provider that um, has autism or um, works with autism because it's truly changing the way we understood autism. I mean, I've been a provider. I'm a speech pathologist, autism specialist for now 25 years, uh, working with the severe to profound population non-speakers in the beginning of my career. And then I start working with um, uh, autism classrooms and setting those up. But we always expected our non-speakers, that level three, um, the most profound uh, kids on the spectrum, to be limited in what their, our expectations were. That we really thought, well, they're not able to follow directions. They might not be able to be potty trained. Um, they're going to need full-time care for the rest of their lives. And so goals would be set just for those life goals, you know, potty training and basic, very, very basic communication. You know, if it's a basic sign or if it's a, a pecs picture, bring the picture to my caregiver that I want a cookie. Those kind of things were have been our expectations of this, this population. I mean, everybody's uh, individualized and we do cater to the individual as much as we can, trying to understand their, their level of ability. And we always try to push it. But this film has completely changed everything. And I want the world to know. And we're working very hard to let the world know because JB's book, has set off from there a new film. It's called Spellers. And it just was released this month for Autism Awareness Month. And uh, it premiered at the Phoenix Film Festival and it won Best Documentary and Donor's Choice Award. And mm -hmm. it is the most beautiful, profound film, impactful film in our movement with autism ever. Mm -hmm. uh, so what basically we have discovered is that we have been underestimating these individuals, these non-speaking individuals for far too long. 
And there's a program out there that started a few years ago that was saying like, well, maybe these kids can learn to spell using a letter board. And they would take like a pencil and point to the letters and Mm -hmm. try to communicate, right? Mm -hmm. And so that came out and there was some press on it back then. And uh, people got excited until ASHA, the American Speech and Hearing Association, which is my association as a speech language pathologist. I mean, we're supposed to be the communication experts. We're the ones that provide the augmentative communication. We're the ones that help people communicate. Um, ASHA came out and said, that spellers is unethical. It is not a viable therapy because they saw the person holding the board, the letter board, the the um, the teacher or the mm-hmm. tutor holding the board and and helping the uh, student to to spell. Mm-hmm. And they said, as much as we love the idea that it, that that a child with autism, a non speaker, could communicate independently, we don't see independence happening. We see it wishful thinking by the provider. Mm. Um, And so they have dismissed this therapy for many years. And so nothing that as speech pathologists that we were encouraged to do. And we, in fact, have been discouraged to provide this kind of therapy. But there's been families that have persisted and they said, we are seeing a huge improvement in our kids. And now these kids are communicating independently on keyboards And what we've really discovered is a lot of these uh, non-speakers have apraxia, which is a motor uh, movement disability. It's a part of the brain that I often see in my patients that have a traumatic brain injury, a stroke, where they suddenly are not able to control, volitionally control their their movements, not purposefully, that they might have um, extraordinary movements, tics, um, or, or they cannot just, they want to tell their hand to do something they just can't do it. They lose their ability to write and so forth. So something happened in their brain and caused a problem. So now we've discovered that these kids have metorical problems that are limiting them, but in fact, they're cognitively intact. Mm. That these kids have been sitting since a young age in these autism classrooms, given very little stimulation, very little education. And in fact, everything might be in there. In fact, some of these kids are geniuses. Mm. They can perform huge mathematical abilities. Their language, I work with so many kids on the spectrum, um, the higher level spectrum that are communicative, and many of them have Mm -hmm. language deficits. They don't have larger vocabularies or, you know, so everybody's, it's it's a spectrum, but never could I have imagined that a non-speaker had the most eloquent, the most, the, the largest vocabulary. I mean, some of the speech paths that are working with these kids had to go look up the word because it was a vocabulary word they didn't even know. Wow. wow. And these kids are now communicating wow. on a level. It is extraordinary. It's mm. moving. This film will impact you even if you're not in the world of autism. It's a, a human film that everyone I really want to be able to see. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, I want those families to know there's hope. Mm-hmm. There's hope. There might be more inside your child that you even you just never knew mm-hmm. was in there. Just like JB's testimony mm-hmm. in his book, he never could have imagined that Jamie, all of these years, had so much to say. Yeah. And now he's saying it. It's just so impactful. It's beautiful. So I wanted people to know that this is it. This is Spellers. And I'm glad you guys see it the right way. You can go to spellersthemovie.com and find this film. 
find this film, watch this film, share this film. And React is sponsoring because we're very much about um, advocacy and education. And we're trying to break through to um, doctors and, and therapists and teachers. So React is hosting continuing education credits. So CME from the AMA for those that are in um, medicine and nurses and therapists. It's the creme of the creme kind of, of uh, CME course mm -hmm. and educators. So if you are a teacher, if you're a, a doctor, you're a nurse, you're a therapist, you can go see this movie and then you can get continuing medical education credits can, or CEUs for going to see this movie and watching a multidisciplinary um, post-viewing discussion. So you get all these providers. We brought I brought in neurologists, a brain surgeon, um, doctors, speech pathologists. Um, and so we all, and parents, to discuss what are the implications of this film. And if you go to and you watch that, you can get 2.5 hours of, of continuing education towards your licensure just to see spellers. Wow. It's huge. So please go see that. And you can find that all on my website. You can find where to find right. it. You can find where to take the courses, where to register, all of that at React for Hope. Dot org. Dot org. Yeah. Yay. Thank you Thank so you. much. Oh my goodness, Maya. This is so exciting. I just, uh, the community is growing and thriving. And I mean, every time I hear the Speller story, I get the chills. Yes. I mean, it's just when I, read JB, when I read J.B. Handley's book in one sitting, I mean, I had this huge smile on my face and tears coming down at the same time because it's that joyful, it just is. amazing it is. thing going on. Yeah. So um, we've got Bob we're going to be bringing over here. So yep. we're going to kind of transition this way because Maya has been talking about um, autism and a lot of the children on the spectrum, because they can't communicate, because it's an immunological, biological thing and they've got a lot of issues, they often end up in a state of anxiety and depression and they are put on the SSRI drugs, which we're going to be transitioning uh, to you talking about. So come Thank on, you. Bob. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. So Bob, come on. Um, we've got Bob uh, Schwartz. Can I Schwartz? Schwartz. Schwartz. There we go. I'll get that out there. there there's a couple of extra uh, consonants in the beginning of that. So can you fit in there? Here, yeah. we, here we are. Okay. There we go. So um, I got to meet uh, Bob at in person at the launch of the Tennessee chapter of Children's Health Defense recently. Great event. Yeah. I had a great time. Yeah, it was wonderful. We had Catherine Austin Fitz there and Rolf Hazelhurst and and farmer uh, Kevin Kraus with his wonderful inspirational farm that he does, Regenerative the, Farm. I, um, who am I missing? Kimberly Overton, who's here. Um, yeah, she Kimberly is Kimberly had a great speech. And, yeah. And um, I can't think, who was the, uh, the person at the end with the... Uh, with the money. The person with the money? Did, who had money? Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking. Oh, Catherine Austin Fitz. Yes. Yeah, the financial use, person. Use more of your, you know, use more of your spending money. Yeah. More In God we trust. Yeah. And I'll pa pass on a little of her financial advice. That's right. And, you know, because everything's scary out there right now. You know, we're, we're worried about this CBDC, this um, digital currency and all that. But right. she gave a solution that is like very doable. She just said, go research the local community banks near you. The more local, the better. Go talk to the people in the bank, talk to the managers and the owners of the bank and consider moving your money out of the big ones that are going the whole global route that we don't want to go right. and, and maybe move to a credit union or a local bank. And 
that's one thing. And then try to use more cash and checks. But okay, that was just a little aside there. But um, so, and then it turns out we have friends in common. We're working on things in common. Absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're both, well, no, I'm in Tennessee, but we're, what state are you in? I'm uh, in Georgia. He's in Georgia. So just a little South of me here. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to touch on a very serious subject now that we're heading into. And that was, you know, the most recent, um, a school shooting that happened, um, Covington School, and our hearts and prayers uh, go out to the families who lost their loved ones and the whole community. Um, and I, I heard on the radio today a beautiful letter written by the Covington School as a thank you to the Nashville community for all the love and support they're getting. And this is what we really need. And what we really need also is some real dialogue because often society will react emotionally, try to come up with solutions that goes after the symptom, but not the cause. Exactly. And we know that that's a dangerous route. So we're trying to help inform everybody about some of the causes that may lead an individual to become so disembodied and disconnected and so so in in a, a place oops we're we're straight we're um there we go we're back we're having trouble with our streaming here so i apologize so we're back here um so disconnected from from the world that they may go out and do something as you know as one of these um shootings you know apparently one of the key words that they, they use there is what is the common denominator what is the common denominator and so um i want to back up a little bit though bob and i want you to tell uh, listeners here about yourself and your own journey and why this is so important to you. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, 18, 19 years ago, I suffered an adverse event from a simple doctor's appointment. I had, was suffering some uh, back pain, went to see my doctor, uh, got treated for the back pain. And the last 10 minutes of the appointment, uh, he said, what else can I do for you? And, um, I was telling him I wasn't focusing too well at work. And in that 10 minute conversation, he wrote me a script for ADHD medicine. Um, wrote me a script for Concerta. It's a, a, it's a, a, a methadate based uh, drug and uh, didn't know much about ADHD at the time. Uh, he said this would help you focus better. I asked him, as always, uh, we always had a good fiduciary relationship, great personal doctor. You know, I almost consider him a friend. I said, what were the side effects going to be? And um, he said, you might have an appetite suppressant. That, that's, that's about it. Your appetite might be suppressed. Uh, got the prescription filled, took the drug for five days. On the sixth day, my, my life was totally altered. I had suffered an acute psychosis. Um, for anybody who needs a visual of what that might look like, um, the movie Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe uh, is uh, a lot of the scenes from that movie is what happened. And the next 90 day, next 90 days was devastating for me. Um, the next rest of my life was was really kind of devastating as far as trying to recover from something of that nature. And um, uh, it's just been a really difficult journey. Burnett and um, wow, and so just ten minutes with your talking with your doctor and him not giving you full information 
about this product. Did the doctor at this time that what year was this? This was back in 2004. So did the doctor actually have full information at this stage? Was was the um, severe uh, psychosis type um, side effects in the product insert at that time? Or is that something that kind of came later? Because I know there was a whole lot of stuff happening and a lot of stuff was suppressed. Well, uh, there was probably just a, a lot of shortcuts that were taken that should have never happened, um, you know, Basically, uh, he should have he should have been able to put two and two together. If I was fighting co- chronic back pain, that that might have that that might have led me thinking more that my back wasn't problems weren't getting solved, and that's what co- probably was leading to the um, to the um, the focusing issues. Right. Um, uh, his first thing he should have done was turn it over to a, a you know. Uh, another expert. I should have been. Uh, I should have been handed off to a psychologist or a psychiatrist to dig a little deeper into you know what was causing my focusing issues. He knew at the time I was one of the the top uh, technology people in Atlanta uh, back the, back in back in the early two thousands. Um, just had just a, a promising career going on uh, and. Um, uh, again, five days, five days of taking this drug, it, it altered everything. Wow. I'm so sorry you went through. Yep. I lost, lost my family, uh, lost my career. Um, and I lost my reputation. I'm sorry, but you know, you are a man of integrity and courage because here you are today and you are doing what you can to save others and to change things so that this does not continue to happen because prescriptions for these sort of drugs um, are is skyrocketing. In fact, with COVID, they, it went even higher, went, you know, even more drugs and people are not being given fully informed consent. So when, when COVID came along, um, is that when you had an opportunity? You said this is, you made a film, you've got a documentary right, film and it's available on CHD TV. That's right. Uh, CHD TV. In fact, I saw somebody holding up the spillers. And uh, I have a documentary film called Risk. Uh, if I had known the risk, and you can go on the website www.rxisks.com. Yeah, so it's it's the word risks, but you put an X after the R for the prescription. For, for right. the prescription, that's very clever, but it's hard to say because you look at it. And you're, yeah, you're not you think of risk, and you think, okay, I'll look up risk, but it's it's risk with a prescription. With a prescription X in the, yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah, so. rxisks.com. And um, there's another website with a similar name, but it doesn't have the S. But anyway, then, I yeah. think it's also probably a good site, but I haven't explored it. Um, you can see you can see the trailer, uh, the trailer that I have, mm-hmm. and uh, you can you can also go to the documentary movie, and then it really goes into the background of the, the dangers of these psychotropic drugs that you were just saying. Bernadette, that um, and my, my greatest concern is for the children today, as you were saying, uh, the, after the pandemic, um, kids are going back to school unfocused. Um, they have depression. They uh, they have anxiety and the, the parents are, you know, don't know what to do. And they're taking their children to the doctors and the doctors are leading with this medication, which is which is which is yeah. bad because it, they need more informed consent or they don't lead with more holistic approaches or simple approaches, kind of like what happened in my example, like handing it off to an expert 
and we could have done an easier diagnosis. Mm-hmm. What what these what you know they they should be leading with more uh, diet, exercise, sleep, or teaching kids more. Um, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, coming over adversities or, you know, yeah, learning coping, le- skills. Le- co- coping right. skills, you yeah. know, for kids right. that, you know, a lot yeah. of times, you know, if kids are, you know, not, not doing well in school, mm-hmm. um, you know, they could be daydreaming. They could be, you know, you know, not, not paying, not paying attention. Their, their diet could be off and, you know, they they could be experiencing some of that hyperactive t- activity. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, we need to do we need to do more on the holistic approach to um, to fi- let them find themselves more than going right. to, leading with these with these dangerous psychotropic drugs. Exactly. And, you know, nobody nobody was born pharma pharmaceutically um, depleted. Right. And you don't become you don't become pharmaceutically depleted when, when you're going through life as you're aging, you're experiencing different things. Your body doesn't, these, I, the word medicine doesn't work for me here, right? Because the word medicine is something that's supposed to heal you. And so many of these Western pharmaceuticals, they are chemicals that attempt to dampen down something you're experiencing, whether it be pain or emotional or something, dampen it down so you don't experience that, at least not to the degree you had been. But it, it, it doesn't fix the problem. It's not real medicine. It's a, it's a, it's a chemical Band-Aid. Right. And that comes with side effects of its own. I mean, how many of us know have experienced or they know individuals who a doctor put on one drug for something. Oh, you got acid reflux. They don't tell you to change your diet, heal your gut. They put you on a acid reflux medication, which shuts down your digestion basically. And lo and behold, you get another symptom and they give you another drug to treat the symptom caused by, you know, the first drug. And then you end up, you know, I met a, a dear sweet woman, um, I think she was about 80 years old, waiting to get her hair cut. And she started rattling off the list of medications she'd been on for like 20 years. I mean, uh, yeah. It's a, you know, um, it, it's a slippery slide slope. What, what we were talking about earlier is that, you know, these, these doctors, um, you know, lead with these with these psychotropic drugs and and the real danger is where we need to be talking about is more informed consent more informed consent and we're going to we're going to get that because we're going to demand it we're going to demand it through law when it comes to SSRIs when it comes to the drugs that really have this ability this known ability to cause people to I mean, just to totally destroy their lives. There has to be more than 10 minutes of conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah, there has to be a, a series of batteries of tests. There has to be, there has to be, there has to be um, dialogue that, that uh, between the parent, the doctor, and it should be signature. And when, when you're, right. when you're going down this, because, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll speak on the ADHD medicine. Mm-hmm. That is, um, that is, uh, cocaine and meth-based stimulants products that we're giving to six-year-old, nine-year-olds, 12-year-olds. And, um, and that's, uh, that is, um, those, that's crimes against humanity. It is. I, I agree. And the whole system right now is, is geared up toward that. But what we need to do as a community, and here we're at this, this conference in Nashville with all these health, uh, there's, 
there's doctors, nurses, um, businesses with, with products, services. We need to create our own community and we need to support this community and we need to begin shopping. I talked about this um, with our last guest is that, you know, um, or maybe it was two guests before, but we, we need to, um, you need to shop for a doctor the way you shop for your spouse because it's that important, the relationship that you have. So once you begin figuring out what sort of medicine and health and wellness that you want, you need to spend the time to go out and find those individuals that will support what you believe in and will have open mind and respect what you bring to that. They, they need to be like your health partner. So Yes, we need informed consent. That absolutely has to happen. But as individuals, we have to take charge of our lives again. Well, you want to know, Brenda, I mean, if you if you sit back and think about it, there's there's more regulatory and it's it's, it's kind of we need more legislation, more regulatory in, in the medical industry. Yeah. There's more regulatory in the financial industry for people to deliver ROI on your money return on investment than there is for the medical industry to deliver ROH, which is return on health. Mm. And which one's more important? Right. Yeah. Right. And it, it, I mean, in five days, if my life could be totally destroyed um, and I was never given informed consent on, on these drugs. Um, uh, yeah. There's there, some, there's something right. wrong with that picture. Exactly. And like you said, yours started with a, a back issue, which wasn't, fully addressed it. I think you might've needed more like chiropractic care or, or an adjustment massage therapy, because, you know, we, we know about the energy channels. You probably weren't getting properly say, oh, I'm not a practitioner. So, you know, I'm mumbo jumboing it, but you know what I mean? There's a lot of yeah. energetic medicine, acupuncture, massage therapy. Um, uh, it's not coming to mind some of the others, but it's some great modalities. Even hyperbaric oxygen might've been very helpful. Yep. Yeah, I was uh, I was um, I was told about those therapies earlier because you know mm -hmm. uh, the back pain persisted for a very very long mm -hmm. time and and then now I'm with the back pain I'm dealing with with um, you know some terrible mental issues mm -hmm. uh, you know and mm -hmm. um, do you still have the pain back pain now have you got uh, the the back pain uh, the back pain is 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 has kind of worked itself out because. Uh, you know, I've, I've gone more to a holistic approach and, um, you know, uh, um, you know, I, I, I cognitive impairment, I'm still battling, um, I'm still battling PTSD mm. and, um, uh, but, uh, you know, for, for, for many years I, I had, I had gut issues, mm -hmm. very bad, very bad gut issues from, that, from the react, from the, from the, from it destroyed your gut as well as, it, wow. it, yeah, it did. Because wow. because of the uh, the overdose of the um, mm. of the of the of the psychotropic drug yeah. because I, I basically the concerta that I was that I was given was at the highest level mm. and uh, unbeknownst to me or, or other experts is that uh, you know the, per the concerta handbook from Johnson and Johnson you got to start at a at the minimum dose which is eighteen milligrams so I wow. got I got three I started off with three times that dose. Is that doctor still prescribing um, that medication? Do you know? Did you ever go back to the doctor and? Um, basically, um, you know, if you look at it twenty years later, I, you know, I've lost, I lost my family, I lost my career, I lost, 
uh, I lost my reputation. Uh, and um, that doctor uh, you know, literally poisoned me and he's opened up four other offices in Atlanta and it's been around for about 40 years. Wow. Yeah. So this, this is what we need to change. We need to change that whole system. And it, it, I guess it begins with each of us doing our medical due diligence and supporting each other and putting our money in other modalities, getting away from the, the, Farm pharmacological dispensary. I mean, they really want to cut the doctor out altogether because, you know, everything is standard of care. And, you know, I'm not going to repeat to my audience, they've heard me tell several times, but I've had family members that, you know, we were booted out of the hospital because we wouldn't accept the standard of care. And the standard of care was much more dangerous than some simple solution we wanted them to do. But um, they were not allowed to do it because it wasn't standard of care. And I, and I feel like they want to go to this whole kiosk system. So eventually what you'll do is um, you'll, you'll scan an app or sit in front of your computer and it'll scan you. And then you go to your front door and you open it up and here comes a drone and it drops the meds at your feet or it shoots the needle out and injects you with what you want, right? They just, right. If they could just cut out that pesky middleman who wants to give you informed consent and who might actually tell you, well, you know, you might want to change your diet or you might want to do this or do that. They want to cut all that out. They're, they're, you're right. They're taking out that personal relationship you have with your doctor, that fiduciary relationship. Yeah. And it's based on the AMA, you know, standards and, and who writes those standards. I've, I've been told Big Pharma writes those standards, and I'm sure the insurance companies play a big role in, 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 in a lot of those standards, too. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know if we have um, there has to be a better system of, of accountability that's that's set up in, in, in the in the medical industry moving forward. Yeah, there has to be uh, a much better. I remember um, when, do you know um, Dr. Paul Thomas? He's in Oregon, a pe fabulous pediatrician. Um, long story short, the Morgan Medical Board found out that a lot of his patients were um, partially vaccinated or not vaccinated at all because he provided fully informed consent and he respected the parental choice. Right. Um, so they said, prove to us that your non-vaccinated children are as healthy as your vaccinated. And so what he ended up doing was taking all of the data from his, um, from his clinic, and it was put through a study to compare the health outcomes. And it turned out the those who had the most shots had the worst health, and, you know, like with asthma and yeah. allergies and, and all of those things. And those who had the the fewest or none had the best health outcomes and so this study was published yep. and be they asked for it he delivered it three days later they sent him a letter saying they were going to pull his medical license right so um and so it's been an i, I we love dr for telling the truth for telling the truth that's right and so what what we have now is a system where you're measured by how much you dispense, not the outcome of the patient. Right. And we have, we need different measuring outcomes. The, the health of the patient, the outcome of, of the patient has return to be on at, return on health, return on health. Exactly. That has to be um, what's looked at. I'm wondering if we've got somebody at the door there, if Christina was going to try to come to the door. Um, 
Could I, I'm going to ask, I'm going to have my guest, Paul, um, Bob, go to the door to see if no there's problem. somebody here and I'll keep blabbing here for a minute. Thank okay. you. This is what you do when you do an impromptu radio show right here in a, at a hotel. Um, so, yeah. Oh, we, we do have our, our wonderful extra guest here at the end. So, Bob, come on back for a minute. And um, Sorry, he had to leave. Yeah, he, no, no. He, Christina, come on in here. Oh. There we go. Um, and Bob, you scooch on in here. I'm there scoot, we go. I'm going to scooch aside here. Oh no, no. So, I want to see you um, too. Yeah, we're we're just we're talking about nasty old pharmaceutical drugs and mm. and the lack of informed consent um, and how we need to change that. And he and Bob was just talking about the term ROH, return on health. Because right now, so many doctors, as you know, especially pediatricians, mm -hmm. they are measured by how many vaccines they give, right. not on how healthy their children right. are. Right, yeah. So before we go much further, I guess I should introduce this, this woman. A lot of my audience might know her. Her name is Christina Parks. And um, I'm having trouble with connection, so I'm not going to zip over to the bio. So you tell everybody a little bit about your PhDs and all that lovely stuff, <laughs> who you are. I have one. Okay. I have a double major in biochemistry and molecular biology, but then I have a PhD in cellular and molecular biology with an emphasis. My PhD research was in cytokine signaling. So I a little bit learned a little bit about the immune system with that. Yeah. Of course, I've learned a lot more since that, especially studying vaccine, yeah. um, you know, the papers. And so I learned how to do research. You know, you pull the papers like most people read the papers, you know, researchers, we read the references you know, to find more. And so you're constantly researching. So yeah, doing a deep dive into the vaccines was about the most discouraging thing you can do. Yeah, it really is. But it's something we all need to do, right? Yeah. We all need to do our medical due diligence. It's something for a very well, long, yeah. And ahead. I'll share with you that hopefully in July, I'll be launching my website. It's vi-tavita.org. And it's going to be one-stop shopping for vaccine information. So I found that one of the problems is you'll go to these wonderful sites that different states or whatever have up, like, you know, machine for vaccine choice or whatever. And a lot of times it's really technical because they're lay people and they don't want to misspeak about the science. Mm -hmm. And so they just kind of put it verbatim. Oh, okay. And you're like, okay, so I know this has 18,000 ingredients, but like, what does that mean? What does it mean? Yeah. And so um, basically I've created all the content for this website myself okay. and explaining, I was just telling Maya Han that I did, I'm doing a vaccine sheet for each vaccine. And I'm like, I'm just going to do a little brief summary. My last one was five pages. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's in, you know, it's, it, I'm explaining it. Mm -hmm. in, in what is, I think, accurate science terms, but in ways that everybody can understand. And so you're not yeah. left to sort of try to extrapolate it yourself. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. here's the cost benefit. Here's what you need to be concerned about if there's a history or whatever for each vaccine. But I also, it's one of the only places where I focus on a mechanism of injury. Mm -hmm. And so I'll be focusing... Mm -hmm. This is probably a yeah, call so, from home, but that's yeah. okay. Call back. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Um, and, um, and so I focus on mechanism of injury and, and how the different mechanisms of injury mm -hmm. so that you can read through because you always have like, you know, the parent that said, well, this child had this mm -hmm. and uh, I recovered them this way. And somebody else is like, well, I tried the same thing with my child and didn't have that impact. Well, it may be a different mechanism of injury. Yeah. And so yeah. we're looking at all the different ways that vaccines injured and then, you know, ways that you can recover. Wow. And then I'm also yeah. going to do a lot on healing modalities. We'll have 
seminars by different people in the field to talk about mm -hmm. different issues. And, you know, I choose them. So I'm totally fascinated. We just had Kevin McKernan talking about the plasma, the Pfizer plasmid contamination. So I'll be sharing that tomorrow. Cool. His data on, yeah. on the plasmid contamination of the Pfizer vaccine. Right. So I, I love to engage them and learn more and just keep learning more. And, and, the point is there'll be a ton of free information, but there'll be a, a small paywall of like $10 to have access to the practitioner seminars okay. and more information behind okay. the paywall. Yeah. That And part of the point of the paywall is like, I'm working for free. Right. Um, and right. And I'm so glad you bring that up because what I have, hello. So um, I'll just talk from over here. Then I want you to see my guests. So, you know, I don't know how you make a living now, Bob and, and Christine. And so most of the guests who come on my show, they've had to completely transform their lives. And I was talking earlier about how so many of the heroes in our movement, and I consider both of you heroes in this movement for real health, um, is we see them on TV. We see them on these radio shows and they travel the world. Well, I think, well, they're well off. No. <laughs> right. Okay. A lot of them have sold their home. They're, they're into their 401k. Um, generous donors, you know, are helping fund, you know, buying that flight and mm -hmm. paying for that hotel. We have to support our community. And a lot of people sometimes will begrudge like a natural healer. It's like, what do you mean you're going to charge me at like say $150 for one hour mm -hmm. visit, which yeah. is really very fair. Right. But you know, they're so used to insurance covering all but maybe a $20 copay. Right. But you, we have got to support our community. And this is an aside that we don't have time to right now. We also need to better figure out because not everybody can afford the 150 or whatever. Everybody right. can afford well, 10 Well, and that's but why, right, I'm like at 10 or $15 a month. Mm -hmm. You can afford that for resources, access, and, yeah. and to allow us to continue because I see it. Like whatever I know, I want to give to you. Yeah. yeah. I want it all up there. And so we're right. just going to keep going and keep going until and, it. And we need the brilliant minds like this able to survive in this community, keep right. doing their good work. And, and they can only do their good work if, if we support them. And Bob, how can we support you? You've got your film. I mean, do you have other things that you do that we can kind of figure out how we can support Bob on your healing journey and the great gifts that you're giving to people? Yeah. Uh, the, again, the website, um, uh, www.risk.com, uh, uh, R-X-I-S-K-S.com. Uh, um, it's a full website that, where you can go and see the trailer, go see the movie, uh, you know, uh, taking all donations to join the movement. And that's what we're trying to do is build a movement to, uh, to uh, have awareness, caution, and accountability on the psychotropic drug industry, which again, is that a, epidemic level with the with the school age children and then uh if 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 you dive in deeper uh if you want you could you could write your stories and as somebody who might have experienced a bad reaction to these drugs we, we keep them totally private you know if you don't want us to tell anybody we we won't tell anybody these stories but it's it's one of these situations where we're trying to we're trying to build up this base and and, and inform the public um as far as uh you know we're going to be the informed consent yeah. to, to, to educating the public yeah. out there as far as the dangers. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad you brought up that people can go to your website and report their stories. So a couple of things we know that, you know, with <coughs> vaccines, the Harvard Pilgrim studies mm -hmm. showed that yep. less than 1% of all vaccine reactions were reported. Well, the same is said of drugs. Didn't the Harvard Pilgrim, I believe they had a, a pharmaceutical arm as well. And mm -hmm. we know that I might be misquoting here, but I know mm -hmm. that there was a major study 
same results though, and I, I'm pretty sure it was Harvard Pilgrim as well. Um, we know that they're severe underreporting, but we also know the startling fact that the fourth leading cause of death in the United States is properly prescribed prescription yes. drugs. I These drugs are literally killing us. Medical so, error. Right. When it comes to the psychotropic drugs and the youth of this nation, and so it's the children and young adults who, you know, that whole so many of them are on this. One of the scariest things is the fact because it does impact you psychologically. It's, you know, if your arm hurts, if your belly hurts, yeah. you go to your mother, you go to your best friend, you say, my stomach hurts, I don't feel well. But if you're having dark thoughts, if you're having these really scary thoughts, you're afraid to go somebody and tell them. Right. So how many people are living in this dark, scary world, but they don't go tell people they need to tell to go get the help they need. So to have a place where you can go tell the story. And if these stories began to be told, I believe we're going to find out that it's a little bit like the iceberg. You see the tip, the tip right. or like these, these school shootings is the tip. Mm -hmm. But if we knew how many near misses, how many children are living in this very dark place because of these drugs. It's probably and massive and adults, right? Yeah. And you know, we we you know one thing we didn't even touch on it. It's impairment. It's impairment. Yes. Impairment's a big word that that needs to be brought out in in this subject. That that, that these drugs uh, almost kind of like. Uh, the crisis we were dealing with 40 years ago when mm -hmm. people would people would get, you know drink alcohol and then get in the car and become dangerous you know dangerous mm -hmm. driving their car you have the same situation here with with these psychotropic drugs right and people got to understand that that it that that it does cause an impairment right. problem right we we really need to work on some legislation in order to get proper informed consent and duty to warn you know we got to slow this train down and make sure that these drugs are not just handed out like candy which is sort of almost the way they're done now you can get them on the internet right now how, oh, how dangerous is that oh that is so frightening yeah well and just yeah. the childhood vaccines and the SIDS rates i mean yeah. the SIDS rates are enormous and everyone's so pretending that it's not right. the vaccines i mean you know Honestly, and the message still needs to get out. I was sitting next to someone that at a, a conference um, that was for a supplement that I'm involved in. And I started talking to her and I said, you're so positive. And she's like, oh, well, it's, you know, in fact, my grandson just passed. And she shows me pictures of these two beautiful little preemie boys oh, no. who were a month out of ICU and one just died. And I said, you know, it was probably the vaccines and she had no idea. Mm. And I said, and the reason I tell you is not, I'm not trying to upset people, but she was the grandmother, but I said, you have one little boy still alive mm -hmm. and something like getting that little boy, some vitamin C to keep his antioxidant levels up or some vitamin D. And I tell people if mom is nursing, you know, have her supplement with vitamin C, vitamin D mm -hmm. uh, could save a life. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, right. and so it just, um, you know, and, and when you read the studies that basically these preemies, when they inject them, they have the crash cart waiting because they stop breathing. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's another thing is, you know, anybody listening, if you work in the medical community and you're aware, you're aware of this, you see mm -hmm. this, you, you know <coughs> that when it's time to roll out the vaccines to the preemies and to the newborns and you bring the crash cart and you know this is wrong, we need 
them to stand up and speak out. It's be, you know, people are, babies are dying. Children are dying. Um, the, the, the whole society for, for lack, for people have been made afraid to stand up right. and speak out. Yeah. But I'm telling you, if we all do it at once, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody who, who knows that a certain procedure given at a certain time, certain drug at a certain time for a certain kind of person, anything that you're seeing that you know is wrong and you've been made to fear by your employer or society or whatever to not speak up, this is it. This is, we're at a tipping point right now, right? Where all of us... Okay. Thank you. And folks, stay with us just a little bit. We're currently having Bernadette refresh. Her internet is having the issue again, but she'll be back shortly. And looks like she's back here. We'll bring her back in. We are back. Thank you so much, Nathan. Sorry about that, everybody. We are we are making do here with Wi-Fi at the hotel where we're streaming from a health conference. And, you know, we've got Bob and Christina Parks here with us. So, um, Christina, tell us. So the name of that website again was? Um, Vita vi-ta.org vi-ta.org like vita as in life but i've had to put a dash in there because vita was taken without it okay but yes and we'll have you on again once you get it up and launched and we can make sure we we get it out there and really promote it so you know i'm i'm so happy to be here at this conference individuals like you to meet you we need to connect there is such hope right now i remember years ago um, sorry, I always have to apologize to my listeners because I repeat my same stories. They're like, Bernadette, we've heard it before. But, you know, having a conversation and, and it was with Del Bigtree and we were like, something big has to happen to turn the ship around because the, 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 the inertia. Well, yeah, but the, the tangle, the pharmaceutical, medical, industrial, technical, everything is such, so tangled and woven tightly, this fabric into everything we do, how are we going to systemically root that out, you know? And we knew it was going to be something big. We didn't Mm -hmm. know it would be COVID. Right. But it turns out to be COVID Mm -hmm. is waking people up to seeing it. Um, And, you know, maybe it is almost good that it's slow because change is hard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like even with like when you detox, when you detox, you can feel worse before you feel better. Mm -hmm. And maybe society change is that way. Maybe it needs to be this slow rolling toward this new way of being. So I'm a hopeless optimist. Bob's looking at me. Oh, no. No. Yeah. I I breathe the same air. Yay. I do. I do. I mean, uh, you know, I I always, you know, like to see, you know, um, look look for the positive in everything. And, and, you know, this, you know, we, 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 you know, we, we've, Put a man on the moon. We've won two world wars, and you know we're still, you know, we're still having, you know, we're still having problems thirty years later with with these mass shootings. Yeah, and we're a better country than this. We've got to solve yeah. these problems. We've got to solve the problems, and we got to find the common denominator. Common denominator is. Do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Uh, yeah. Basically, what we were talking about before was we we, we have to we have to dive in deeper into into. Um, uh, the you know where we were talking about before earlier on on the HIPAA the HIPAA agreement where uh, th- that you know the the background or the the, the drug history uh, toxicity reports 
mm-hmm. need to need to be made forward to the public. And right. and um, I think there's there's battles going on between big pharma legislatures and and uh, yeah. law enforcement not to release those that that information. And that's a huge part of it. The um, and we want to make sure we say, you know, right away here, if you are on any drugs that we've been discussing, or you know, somebody is, please never go off cold turkey, make sure you go properly, go see a doctor and talk about it and find out, you know, how you can safely take yourself off of them. Because it, you know, that withdrawal period, never, never stop suddenly, you know, consult with your doctor on an exit strategy. Yes, exactly. Um, But we have to start because I heard that like 20 some years ago, even then the FBI is saying, well, we can't release all of the information about the shooter because their fear was, there would be whiplash if all these people stop their drugs because they were with, afraid. Withdrawal. Right. Yeah. So hello, FBI. You've had 20 years to come up with a plan to, to teach society, take some of the billions of dollars that goes out there to try to force people to get a COVID shot and channel it to try to teach people about how to safely take themselves off these drugs and let's end Taper it. off. Let's yep. just, let's just do it. There's got to be a way to do it. You don't keep a dangerous drug on the market because you're afraid what's going to happen when people go off of it. You figure out a way to safely get people right. off of it. Right. And that's the message. So we need people to have courage. We need our legislators to have the courage to stand up against the pharmaceutical industry, which is the most powerful industry on the planet. Got T- Tucker um, Carlson just got fired because he mm-hmm. stood up and said, it's the, it's the sponsors of your, of all of the media. Right. And he called them out and he was gone. But um, you know, it was just a straw. That Same thing happened to James O'Keefe. Yeah. Right. James O'Keefe as well. You know, Project Veritas. Um, tomorrow I'm going to be presenting Kevin McKernan's work on the plasma contamination of the Pfizer vaccine. Can you see, we've got, we've got like uh, six, six minutes or so. So can you tell us a, what is plasmid contamination? Tell us a little bit. So the plasmid is a small circular piece of DNA that bacteria have naturally, and it is actually the backbone of recombinant DNA. It's what we use. And so what they did is they used it as a template to make the mRNA. So they have the circular plasmid that bacteria will make tons of them. So they have this template and then they can take the plasmid, supposedly purify it, and then they can use it to make the mRNA. Okay. Okay. And then they're supposed to purify out the mRNA. So the mRNA shouldn't have any bacteria in it, nor should it have the plasmid. Okay. Well, what he found was it had all this plasmid in it, wasn't purified out. The problem with this is that plasmid, if it's at all available, will get into bacteria the bacteria will make a ton of it, spread it to each other, and we could have this bacteria infected with the plasmid carrying the gene for the spike protein. And so we could all wow. have bacteria in our gut, theoretically, either getting into our gut cells or in our bacteria, theoretically making the spike protein. And we're trying to nail down, what is this really going to happen? Has it happened? But there is a case where there was another lab doing like a similar experiment. They were trying to make a vaccine with the N-capsid protein and they used the plasmid and they were all testing positive for COVID. So they checked them for the plasmid. They all had the plasmid in the bacteria colonizing their nose and throat. 
and they one of them even spread it to a household member. So uh -oh. the, the potential spread of this, it's kind of like, and that they do it on purpose because it's kind of like a passive vaccine, it, but we know how toxic the spike protein is. Now, if our gut bacteria all end up making it, or some of them do, yeah, uh, and and so in some of them, it may do it in some people, but, and not others for particular reasons. And so we're trying to really nail down some of the science and we're hoping to, he's hoping to work with Sabine Hazan and start testing people's gut microbes and see if this plasmid has gotten out. Okay, couple questions. So could this be how people who are not vaccinated are then getting symptoms? Yes. Wow. This is And it huge. could continue to spread. So it might be focal where it started to spread among people, but like anything, it's just going to spread because you leave your bacteria everywhere. And so you can go somewhere and pick up somebody's spike infected bacteria that has this plasmid in it. So anyway, um, one of his main points was that it was way more, there's limits to how much is supposed to be in there and they were way over the limits. And so they kind of tweaked their numbers and did a little massaging and they changed the dose of the Pfizer vaccine to technically get it in under a certain limit. Wow. But the point being is they're listening. They are seeing that they're being held accountable. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And so when they know that they're being watched, they're going to be more careful. I mean, it might be too late for that particular thing now. Yeah. But they know for the next one, there's people talking about the molecular biology and what they're doing wrong. Before, it just went over everybody's heads. And so right. they had no yeah. accountability because nobody understood it. Wow. I did hear that they dropped all, they were dropping all the dosage. And yeah. so some of it has to do, do with, with so work, this yes. is why we do what we do, right? This is why yes. we speak up and we don't give up and we keep putting and, the word out and there. This is mm -hmm. why as technical as the science is, I still share it because if I don't, they'll be like, nobody understands that we're good. Yeah. Yeah. No. And you know, the, the common person, your average housewife is smarter than they like to think. Right. Oh, the vaccine, yeah. <laughs> moms of vaccine your kids have given yeah. themselves PhDs. So yeah, do not yeah. underestimate. Yeah. Okay. It looks like we got about maybe two, two more minutes here. So one more time, tell everybody your website. So my, my website is going to be Vita, V-I-T-A.org, but you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. C Parks one at Dr. C Parks one on Twitter, since it's kind of free. I'm posting a lot of Kevin McLernan stuff. So if you want to follow that story. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Bob, one more time. And again, the 501c3 is called A Better Bob. And it's doing business as www.risk.com. That's R-X-I-S-K-S.com. Uh, please check out the site. And thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you so much, you guys. It's just, it's it's always such a pleasure to meet, well, new people. Bob is new to me. He's, I think we're going to be on this journey a long time together, Bob. We're going to do good work. And Christina, you it's know, we, we got like one minute. Yeah. I mean, we met in a, on a Zoom meeting yes. with the wonderful Tatiana. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to have to just jump in and surprise her one of these Saturdays. <laughs> these wonderful. Um, let, let's give her a plug bbch.org yes, building, building bridges. bridges and children's health.org yeah. with Tatiana oh, Bakanich. She's nice. so good. I've learned so much being part of that group. So yeah. Yeah. I plugged her a bit. I need to have her on. It's been a, a very long time. She's out in Washington state where I, I moved from. So I think we're getting really close. Nathan is going to be playing the music on get my timing. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> Take care. So you've been listening to an informed life radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. We'll be back next week. Take care. Peace out. <laughs> I love it.
Hi, I'm Brad Dacus, president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. For over 25 years, PGI's mission has been to defend religious freedom, parental rights, and the sanctity of human life. PGI has protected patients from being taken off life support and stood up for citizens around the country facing job loss for medical decisions that should be left between them and their doctor. For free legal representation and resources, visit pji.org. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com.